0: Welcome in. This is Defeating the Curse available Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much everywhere else that you can get podcasts. The Nationals wrap up a nine-game road trip. They go 5 and 4. Stevie, um, you know, I was going to do this like a long elaborate lead-in, but the series with the Mets that we just saw wrap up today was so frustrating. Um, you know, we'll get to it here in a second, but I it's it's uh it's tough to see them come out. And all three games is essentially the exact same script. And it, it was frustrating to watch in real time. It's frustrating to kind of think back on what could have been, but it's over. You know, the last time we talked nationals, they we were we were awaiting the first pitch of the Giants game last Monday night. They had just finished dropping two of three to the Diamondbacks, and we said, Hey, they gotta come out, they gotta get they gotta get two of three against the Giants, they got three of three against the Giants, and, you know, the Mets series was just a big letdown, the Mets are the best team in baseball statistically over, whatever, the last two or three weeks, every broadcast, we talked, just chatting, you know, chirping them up, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets, and, you know, frankly, I, I didn't miss much, I think I missed two innings of the, uh, you know, throughout this entire series total, but the Nationals, I mean, they they did what we wanted them and what we've asked them to do, which is, you know, come out early, swing, get on the board first, which they did in every single game, but then the pitching, the pitching, Steve, and, and I, I wish we could somehow, like, share the text messages that we had going in our group back and forth because I felt like the writing was on the wall. Like, you just, some, especially that the the series opener, like, just something was off with Doolittle, and then before you know it, you know, we're all pissed going to bed. So, you know, to me, you know, five and four not, not what we needed, especially against a team that, that's, you know, I think they're two games back now in, in the division uh, with the Phillies. I think they're tied with the Phillies now two games back of the, of the uh, Nats, who are six games back or six and a half games back of the Braves. But, Stevie, I mean, this was a very frustrating series to watch. And, you know, the Mets, they're a good team, but so are the Nationals. And to be in a position to win all three and lose two of three – it was extremely frustrating for me, and of course, the, the cherry on top was seeing, uh, you know, w- Juan Soto basically come up uh, a little limp in the uh in today's game. Now it looks like it's uh, all reports are indicating it's just a sprained ankle, but still, I-, I mean, I was frustrated watching this series, um, even today. Like you just, it never felt like the game was over. Like you just, there was no confidence. And frankly, when I saw Doolittle come, I was like, ah, oh, this is this has the potential to end terribly yet again. But that's just my thoughts. What are your thoughts? And I know some of them on Doolittle maybe get to those second, but they needed two of three from the Mets. They got one of three. What happens next?
1: Well, okay, my first thought is you just said you're not going to do a long
0: <laughs> lead-in. Sorry, okay, that's sorry. My I, I got thought. worked up. Okay. I got worked up, Steve. I'm sorry.
1: So, okay, t- total hypocrisy uh, right on the get-go. here. That's what now, people are here for, okay? My my second thought, and I think the the most shocking thing and most breaking news that I can give right now is that you have become totally engulfed in the addiction that is Nats baseball. And I think that's the best thing to come out of the last six or seven days is we can welcome Joe to
0: the baseball Joe. I'm ready
1: Horror house (laughs) addiction. It's almost as bad as what happens on Sundays from September to december <laughs> whenever in january but from t- september to december in this town but welcome to that club Thank now on the actual team where like you just said we left off six games ago they were coming off a rocky uh you know three game series a loss against the diamondbacks and it didn't look promising because they were going to san francisco a hot team that was two and a half games behind them in the wild card and they were throwing joe ross and eric fetty for two of those games Now, what happens there? Baseball is a funny, funny sport. Not not ha-ha funny, but just funny because Joe Ross and Eric Fetty pitch lights out against a weak San Francisco team, but still a San Francisco team that obviously beat the Phillies yesterday and is giving them problems as we speak right now. So um, Joe Ross and Eric Fetty pitch two lights out games on top of an Annabelle Sanchez game, and you get a sweep of San Francisco. And that was huge. I mean, that was an incredible kind of seismic shift to really write the shift from what was going on in that D-back series. They were just incredible. I mean, it looked like Scherzer was never going to come back, and you're going to rely on Ross and Fetty down the stretch. And, you know, the, these last couple starts for Joe Ross especially have been awesome. I mean, he is pitching great baseball. He's very composed. Uh, you know, he's making his – he's hitting his spots. He's, he's throwing – pitches that we need him to and he's pitching great now you get to the Mets series and and this is going to take a little bit of time breaking this one down but I'll give you kind of the headlines you get to the Mets series and I'll give you the highest level possible and I'm sure we'll dig deeper into it but Mets are throwing their top three arms and arguably the three the top three pitchers two of which are probably the top two pitchers in baseball is Syndergaard and DeGrom and then, of course, the newly acquired Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays. So right now you have your top three pitchers against your second, third, and fourth best pitchers without Scherzer. What happens there is you essentially play them to a tie for all three games. You beat them one game pretty handily today, 7-4, and then you have those two games one and... You don't come away with the wins, and it, it comes off initially as very frustrating. But you're talking about the best shot that you can take from the Mets. You have a, a City Field crowd that sounded like it was the National League Championship Series. I mean, that sounded oh, yeah. like playoff atmosphere. You had their three best arms. You had the hottest team in baseball, and you played them to a tie for three nights in a row without your best pitcher. Everyone else thinks the glass is half empty right now. Everyone is thinking it's doomsday. You play them to a tie. You win one. You are still a game and a half out uh, ahead in the wild card as we speak. And you come home to a cushion, uh, to a nice cushiony schedule over the next, uh, you know, six to nine days. So, all things considered, you said Soto got hurt. It could have been much worse. Soto looks like he's day-to-day. He said he could play tomorrow. He probably won't, probably rest him for a day or two, will not put him on the injured list. The best news to come out of this weekend is that Max pitched a bullpen session and did not feel any lingering effects of it. Max looks like he's going to pitch a simulated game on Tuesday, which means he will be in line for a start by the end of this week. So all things considered, this was a good seven days of baseball.
0: I don't I, see I can't say it was good Steve because these last these this weekend series it's tough to drop these games in the, in the way that they did it they were blown out like against the Diamondbacks you know you can argue that they weren't even in two of those games uh, you know and the two that they lost you know the one that that were, where uh, Stras got lit up they really weren't in that game at all I mean he that was just a you know an anomaly you know just that outlier performance that we just typically don't see from him maybe once a season or twice at most so, you know, throw those away. But this series was different. I agree with, I mean, you're right. They went up against the best that the Mets had to offer. They they had leads in all three of these games. And, you know, yeah, the 7-4 indication today, it, you know, it shows you know, it's a bigger gap. But, you know, two of those runs came in the ninth. And, frankly, at the bottom of the seventh, the Mets got one to pull within one. And it was like, okay, well, here, here we go again, right? Everybody, the, the, the big eye roll yet again. You know, Anibal San- Sanchez. I don't know. By the way, did he change his name? Because it was it was Anibal all season, and now it's Anibal. I don't know if, why why people started pronouncing it differently all of a sudden. But regardless, I mean, he he pitched he pitched well. And you know, I know. Look, this is Baseball Joe here showing his uh, his um, I, I guess his his beginner ways or his, his novice ways. Why can't he like? Why can't he move to to be a mid reliever? Like why can't you do that? Because they struggle so much, so mightily in the seventh and eighth inning. Why not? Look, why not? Look, why not convert him? Why not just move Joe, him over?
1: Uh, I mean, you, you, well, I, I'm I'm not gonna really address that. it's kind of a ridiculous point. But listen, your your first point of they could have lost today seven four. They got two runs in the ninth off that Robles home run. Yeah, that's baseball. I mean, well, well. I mean, uh, I don't mean to. Uh, Pop the cherry. Can I say that? <laughs> but I mean, this is baseball. I mean, and, and, and the get to way, my
0: pitching. Look, get to my pitching. Okay, the, pitching to the pitching they, they, in the seventh and eighth inning has been terrible. In this series, oh, the ninth well, inning was well, terrible too.
1: I was just going to say that. So listen, they lost two games on Friday and Saturday. How did they lose those two games? On Friday night, if, if I tell you, if you give me this scenario a hundred times, what happened Friday night probably doesn't happen. More than five times, which is Sean Doolittle came in. No,
0: no, you're wrong. That- you're wrong. He he can't. He cannot beat this team consistently, Steve, and especially in that park. He's terrible, and he showed it. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if there's another option there given the situation. I mean, you're nursing a lead, and you. I mean, he's your best closer. He's the guy. You know. But we were texting. You were like, I think he's injured. He's going to be injured. I, 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 you know listen, Something's well, wrong they, here. They, pull him. Don't, do something.
1: Don't pull my private – can we not pull my private conversations <laughs> out there, okay? Listen, Well, what I was – I was trying to be glass half full guy. But if you really want my honest opinion, I think Doolittle has the potential to uh, implode on this team very quickly. I think he labors when he gets over that 15-pitch mark in an inning. Which to me is fascinating. He's not an old guy. Uh, he is used quite frequently. The way they've been kind of having, you know, to hold they a lot have of leads. The yeah, yeah. Um, But he's not being overused. I mean, there's certainly closers and relievers that have uh, participated in and appeared in, in as many games as he has and, and more. So
0: um, it just feels like he's trying too hard. Like he's trying to throw. He's trying to throw like 95. Like just just get everybody whiffing. I don't. I, I mean. Again, I, well, I don't the, know what he, he's, he's supposed to do, but he just seems like he's he's trying too hard. He's not hitting his spots, and when he gets behind, I mean, we've said I've said this before that he's more often than not. I feel like he's he's behind in the count.
1: Well, like, the, I, we're gonna need Tim Kirchner to to jump on here, okay? if He can because someone needs we can
0: get Stadboy Boy if we need to. He's he's always so,
1: available. Someone needs to explain Sean Doolittle to me because the numbers tell a different story than the eye test and, and and I like to go with the eye test a lot of times the eye test tells you what well the numbers tell you what 1.88 ERA uh, you know three blown saves uh, you, you know uh, you, that, that statistic which tracks the number of, of swings and misses where he's always uh, you know top five of that statistic as well so the numbers are, are wonderful if you just put them in a vacuum but the eye test tells you what he has one pitch. It's a fastball. He throws it in his best days, 95 to 96. What we're seeing over the past couple games and past couple months, if we're being honest, is he's throwing it in the 92 to 93 mile an hour range. His fastball has dipped below uh, you know, the mid-90s consistently. He's got one pitch. He's trying to throw in the sliders. It's not working. He relies on getting ahead in the count. Like you just said, he's been falling behind a lot. He tries to get ahead in the count, and when he does get ahead, he throws that main pitch, which is the high fastball, tries to get them chasing, and that's how he gets a lot of his strikeouts. But the problem is he's falling behind. So when he's falling behind, he's having to throw strikes. When he's having to throw strikes, what is he throwing? A 92-mile-an-hour fastball in the center of the plate. Right
0: over the center. That's what what we saw on Friday and uh, we saw today too. Todd Frazier
1: hit a four hundred and forty foot bomb on him in the bottom wow, of the Ah, Come on. Fifty Fraser.
0: sixty of that is the the juiced balls, right? It's not I Fraser. love saying that by the way, disaster. juiced balls.
1: you <laughs> gonna have to edit out half of this podcast. So, <laughs> so do little the, the you know the uncomfortable truth is that what He's you slip well, well, well that's slipping but and, and you do have alternatives. I mean Fernando Rodney.
0: No, like, no, no, but no. Daniel
1: Hudson, they're, they're calling him Fireman Dan because he puts out fires. I mean, this guy comes in with – he always inherits runners, uh, typically in scoring position. And this guy gets people out. Then you have Hunter Strickland who is legitimately throwing in the high 90s. Same thing with Daniel Hudson. So these guys can throw the ball. Obviously, you know, we haven't seen Elias, uh, you know, since he got hurt. Uh, running the bases, but n- so now you since have he got options.
0: hurt playing baseball. Yes.
1: Now, now you have options, and so we have consistently seen that David Martinez doesn't have the stones to make these kind of uh you know off the cusp decisions or kind of out of the box thinking. But if he did, then maybe the next week or two we'd see Hunter Strickland closing out games, giving Doolittle a little bit of rest. Maybe we see Daniel Hudson. In some really really high leverage situations, which you've already seen him in, but maybe taking a little bit off of Doolittle, and maybe giving Doolittle a well, week. Saturday,
0: or you're right. I mean, Saturday had they brought Hudson out. You know, I I understand like you go to your closer when you have the lead in the ninth. But Hudson was pitching great. He was pitching great on Saturday. Like just well, leave him well, in. Why can't you just you're, leave him in?
1: you Are you referring to Friday? Because Saturday, Rodney came in.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. You're right. You're right. You're out. right. Friday night. Friday, Friday
1: night, night. Friday night. Uh, uh, you're right. Well, 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 let's replay it here and play Monday morning quarterback here. Davey, uh, Davey um, who was pitching? Doolittle gives up a three-run bomb to Frazier. And then it's six, six, 6-6, no one out and no one on base. Then he gives up a single and a walk. Now there's two men on, one man in scoring position, the winning run at second base. That was your chance to take him out. And he had someone warming up right now. I cannot remember. Who was warming up? But
0: I think it wasn't, it was it wasn't Hudson Strickland. It wasn't Hudson. I
1: think it was it. Hunter Strickland. Hudson had already
0: pitched. Right. I, my whole thing Strickland. though is like, explain this to me. Lou. What, what what is like if you've got a guy and he's pitching fine? I think Hudson. I think in the in the eighth, I think he threw a total of like fourteen pitches. I mean, he can go out there and throw another fourteen or fifteen. Like, why do you have to go to Doolittle? Why? Well,
1: well, well. I, I mean. Because you have a closer,
0: okay. But
1: a- a- okay, and Doolittle, but, like I said, the numbers before Friday night told a story that Doolittle. I mean, is, what did you think? I mean, what did so, you think, so,
0: Stevie, when he when he walked out there today? Today,
1: I thought that's the only sensible decision one can make. I mean, if he is not pitching in the ninth inning of a what was it, seven four game, which is a safe situation then he doesn't deserve a roster spot. He is there to pitch in save situations. So if you don't trust him to pitch with a three-run lead, you sure as hell aren't going to put him out there for a two-run lead or a one-run lead. So why is he on your team? I mean, that's where we got to the point with Trevor Rosenthal, right? Where you Well, couldn't I mean, he, was di- I mean
0: he, he couldn't throw strikes. I mean, it's a little but, bit different.
1: But that was the point is you couldn't trust him with a five-run lead. At that point, why yeah. is he on your roster? Sure. He's taking up a spot. I mean, these are precious p- position rosters. Well, when well, you
0: talking about just... five chances, right? Just to pivot here on the number five. Matt Adams goes zero for five. He had a terrible weekend. Terrible. Yep. I mean, well, did, what what can you do with him at this point? I mean, I, I, I mean, zero for five. I mean, he just he looked he just looked slow. Well, he something's just off.
1: Well, you can't do anything with him because uh, Zimmerman is hurt. Uh, Howie Kendrick is hurt, and potentially Juan Soto now. So, he, I mean, he. Essentially, will slide into that number four position. Um, and just a heads up, by the way, the Giants have tied the Phillies in the top of the 6 5 five-five. So they're 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 doing the Lord's work, uh, taking out Phillies. So uh, Matt Adams, what do you do with Matt Adams?
0: Um, I mean, he he just looked bad, man. He looked bad.
1: He uh, look, Joe. Syndergaard, Degrom, he ain't the only one who's gone zero for five or had a bad weekend facing sure. two of the best pitchers uh, in the league. So. I mean, the, the, all, going off of that, you know, Matt Adams kind of focus is what seemed to be a healthy, getting healthier bunch as the season progressed and they started winning a lot of games. Now we are back on the injury bug. has really hit us again. You talk about, I mean, Soto being day-to-day, but you talk about Ryan Zimmerman is still not taking batting practice. Howie Kendrick is still barely uh, starting, you know, baseball activities. Um, but I feel,
0: but you know, but I'm not, I'm not that concerned. I mean, leave, leave Max aside for a second. The lineup that they fielded today, and, and actually in all of these games over the weekend, they were in positions to win every single one of them. So you know, and, and offensively, it's not like they were, you know, they, they had they struggled to find runs. I mean, they were scoring, they were getting on base, and you know, and again, those were against against better pitching than the, what they saw out west in the in the Giants series worse pitching than what they saw in the Arizona series, ironically, but like they, this lineup still has a lot of firepower in it. This is the the question that seems to come up every pod, right? Like, would you trade this roster for, you know, for the Mets roster? No. For the Braves roster? No. For the Phillies roster? No. Like, I'd rather have the Nats roster, even with some of the injuries that are on it.
1: Yes, but a lot of that firepower is your three, four hitter. I mean, Juan Soto, if we could just take a minute to appreciate what this 20-year-old, childish Bambino did this weekend. I mean, uh, three home runs off of uh, 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 DeGrom and and Syndergaard is is incredible. I mean, obviously he didn't hit the one off of DeGrom. um, But, uh, I mean, incredible what this guy did, literally putting the team on his back. He just has a way of showing up big in in these moments. Um, That's just awesome. It's just absolutely awesome. And he kind of reminds you of a old. young
0: Harper, doesn't he? No, he's
1: better. He, I, I, he's better. He
0: is his better. his, he is
1: his better. approach at the plate, his discipline, the way he is able that every at bat to make it count is he is beyond what Bryce Harper is today. And that's why he's going to get paid a ton of money and he deserves it. And hopefully it's by us. And the, the sooner we sign him, and re-sign him, the 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 better it'll what's be. So the, what's we'll the, be the
0: update end- on uh, on uh, Rendon's contract extension or new contract? I
1: mean, it's fascinating. It, it, I mean, he's I mean,
0: another one that's got to get done.
1: It has to get. I mean, I mean he it. He went four for
0: five today. The guys it is, the, is
1: incredible. Uh, I mean, he least. was three three for twenty eight before today against uh, Jacob Degrom. So. Uh, it looks like all things uh, are pointing towards he's going to hit the free agent market.
0: I mean, and yesterday uh, I, I watched him closely yesterday too. I mean, the uh, he took a little bit of an exaggerated, or sorry, one soda took a little bit of an exaggerated, um, you know, I, I took his really took his time getting into his stance and then lit up I'm, – I'm blanking on the name of the the mid-reliever that the, the Mets had in.
1: Uh, I mean, he was, he was
0: salty because he, he was, like, yeah. ready to pitch, and then uh, and Soto stepped back. He did his whole bit again. Next pitch, home run. I think the, the following inning, uh, Parra did the same thing. Parra's got a long one too. Like, he couldn't find a toehold or something. Next pitch, boom, it's gone.
1: Yep, well – The the other thing we should talk about just for a second is the uh, umpiring. This weekend has been atrocious. I mean, if you look at the pitch casts, and uh,
0: yeah, I mean, as uh, long as it looked like if you were if the ball, uh, some of these balls were basically going into the face mask of the catcher, getting called strike. Which I I don't know, man. I thought it was I thought the game I thought the strike zone is like pits to belly button or something. Isn't that the isn't that the the saying? I
1: don't know if that's the official term, but uh, we'll go with it.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like as a batter, you're trained to like it's from your armpits to your belly button. Like that's kind of the strike zone. I mean, they these guys were just, I mean, it was way above. They're, I don't know. I again, I'm new here, but it just looked like it was very arbitrary. And the calls that didn't go the Nat's ways uh, you know, in uh on Friday, they definitely I mean, they got a couple today that, you know, the ball that I don't know how accurate that uh, pitch tracker is, by the way. Is that like no, lasers or what is that?
1: It is. It is. It's. I don't
0: know. So I can't can they challenge whatever the whatever like can, the Russians can, use? The same thing. Can they uh, can they challenge it? Can they be like, hey, I think that was well, a strike. Go challenge.
1: Well, you know, Grant Paulson, another guy we need to get on the show, is uh, making the real case for robot umpires. I mean, he's basically saying we have this technology. It's about time that we get.
0: No, I don't want the robot umpires. I just want I want managers to be able to challenge. Like, hey, that didn't look right. Yeah. It, yeah, right.
1: Would you sit through a uh, four-hour baseball game? No, I'll give him.
0: Uh, give him like two. Give him two. I mean, because you want to get the you want to get the calls right. It's the same with home runs. Like you want to get the calls right. Like sure, there's a, there should be a margin of error, but you know what? what two two challenges isn't going to delay the game that much. It's already forever long. Um, but I'll tell you. I, I mean, I'm learning to enjoy it. I'm not enjoying. I mean, this series was not enjoyable overall. But you know,
1: well. I mean, hey, this is like we've been saying on several podcasts. Uh, now is uh, this is uncharted territory for DC sports, DC baseball. Is we are entering the thick of a pennant race. It is August 11th. We are obviously six games back or six and a half back of Braves. Uh, so not you know in in imminent uh, sight of them, but still within uh, earshot. And uh, we are in the wild card uh, race and. We've got a ton of teams chasing after us, and it is going to be. I mean, I was l- watching and listening to City Field this weekend, thinking, "Man, Nats Park better be rocking when this team gets back." And I know it's going to be. You know, people are out of town, end of summer, kind of lull, um, and it's a you know crappy Reds team. Not a lot of people from Cincy here, but um, man, come September when the big boys come into town, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets um i think the cubs are in, are in town the indians are in town as well and this place needs to be rocking i mean ooh, this is pennant baseball at its best uh and let, this me team you, let me give rock- you a
0: little stat here before we get all uh excited about uh, what may or may not happen against the reds who who you know the reds scare me only because at the start of last season they dropped all three and it just for some reason it's burned into my mind it got the whole season off to a terrible start but let me give you just just think about this for a second, Steve. The seven teams that are somewhat in contention and chasing right now the um, for that wild card spot in the NL, the Mets are the only one with a winning record at eight and two. The Nationals are at five and five over their last ten. The Phillies at four and six, Cardinals four and six, Brewers five and five, Diamondbacks five and five, Giants three and seven. The Mets are and and it, like the Mets are the Mets are playing really good baseball. You know, like if I'm looking for a silver lining here you know, one of three is never a, a good position to be in, but this is a team that is absolutely streaking. It was in their park and you had an opportunity to beat them all three nights. So, absolutely. Know, you know, you take uh-huh. it, you really wanted the series though, because just to open up that gap or keep a little bit of a cushion, but it's, uh, I mean, I mean, even, even looking at the division leaders, I mean, the, the Cubs are seven and three, the Dodgers eight and two over their last 10, the Braves are five and five, like, The Nats have gone five and five. The Braves have gone five and five. Well, and and, and,
1: yeah, I mean, they they, have a gift and they've been playing the Marlins. They've had a pretty cushy uh, schedule over the last week or so. So, no, I I mean, I think, you know, all things considered, the Nats are in uh, a great position as we speak today on August 11th. I think they continue to play good ball. They continue to kind of go out, play, you know, mistake free baseball. Uh, do what they need to do. Pitching is there, the new bullpen arms are there. That that you know they're going to really show a difference over these last you know forty fifty games. They need to get healthy, and of course they need to get their ace uh, back on the mound as but humanly as quickly as yeah, humanly possible in, in a healthy way. I
0: think I think they can manage a, a seven and three, or maybe even an eight and two run between the Reds, the Brewers, and the Pirates. I mean, it, that number should be attainable. You know, I know it's aggressive, but it should be attainable. Like these teams aren't that dangerous. The Brewers maybe a little bit, but the Reds Bre- and the, Brewers, the Pirates are not.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it,
0: but you get them at home. You get the Brewers at home. I mean, you know, and then and then you you go to Pittsburgh over. It,
1: it's it, the the only problem is you're relying on Joe Ross and Eric Fetty for essentially four of I'm those I'm Not games. concerned.
0: Joe Joe Ross looked spectacular. That the two the two years off uh, served no. him well.
1: I love smoking Joe but uh I I I'm saying I just uh, But you need I him you need him to
0: outperform the the what the the third line from the Reds and the third line from the Brewers and the second line from the Pirates or the third line from the Pirates I mean he can do that. He can do that.
1: Yes, we we, we need Max to come back quickly.
0: Yeah, so look, with Max healthy, let's just talk about that for a second. If he's healthy, right? If if Max when he's back and and the rotation kind of settles rested. down. Yeah. Like, what do you do with Anibal Sanchez and Ross at that point? What do you do with them? Like, why, why can't you move one of them? Because you're not going to start them both.
1: Well, well, all right. Uh, newbie Joe, let me explain to you, is in September, actually, Major League Baseball allows you to expand your roster by a certain number of players. I'm not sure what number that is. It's, it's either great
0: that my teacher doesn't know anything, but NLB. that's great.
1: Where is Stat Boy?
0: it's sunday night buddy. he's 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 off Uh,
1: um (laughs) oh so yes uh through the 2019 season major league teams roster expands on september 1st from the 25 man active roster which is the regular we've always had a 25 man active roster to the entire 40 man roster so it says at this point any player on the expanded roster may play for the team so essentially you can call up a bunch of of pitchers, hitters, get get everyone, and, and that's where they do their call-ups, so the teams that are out of it will call up, you know, all their minor league guys, get people going, that's when we, you know, we typically, when we've been out of it in certain seasons, would call up new guys, I think Victor Robles last year was called up.
0: Who looked uh, great today, by the way, in a spell performance, coming in well, cold, looked good.
1: He looked great because he got the day off, because he's not looked great, uh, right. uh, you know, for a while, so hopefully this gets him on track. So, uh, they're gonna call up people. Uh, they're gonna, you Just know. Just answer
0: get, my question. What do you do with San, with Sanchez? Nothing, and nothing. Ross. You don't do anything. You're not gonna gonna pitch them, But you you're gotta, not gonna pitch five. them both. You're not gonna keep rolling with five starters. You're not gonna do that.
1: No, you are, Joe. Until you get to the playoffs. Uh. Well. Once you get to the playoffs, you'll go to a four-man uh, rotation. And to be honest, with, with the the studs we have, it. It'll mostly mirror it could mirror something like what the Giants do with Bumgarner, where he, you know he pitches every four days. you know So yeah, you're gonna go with Max, Corbin, Strass, and Annabelle in a and to be honest, if you're in a best of five with that first let's say you know you get out of uh, the wild card with Max, then you're gonna start game one with Strasbourg and go Strasbourg, Corbin. Sanchez, Max, and Strasburg.
0: I mean, that's, that's, uh, whew, that's,
1: that's, it's actually an incredible lineup. You got Max pitching, uh, so Ross
0: then what just hangs around in case we needed innings out of him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, what these guys are going to do in September, they, they'll hang around as long relievers. You know, if, uh, Corbin or Strasburg or even Somebody Max comes
0: out, just crappy just terrible yeah
1: and you need you know five innings from someone you're not going to waste five innings of you know matt grace or you know hudson or strickland or any of these guys you're going to need long relievers um and hopefully you know knock on wood everybody stays healthy i mean we haven't talked about steven strasburg but i mean odds of him getting hurt are, are always pretty high,
0: so especially uh, in the fall, the, the weather changes, and he gets sniffles, and then he's not available. Yeah, have seen I mean, this story before.
1: Yeah, so knock on wood, let's get Max back immediately, and hopefully he's rested because uh, he was he was worked pretty hard. Give me some begin-
0: predictions here for uh, for Reds Brewers. That's the home stand. That's three against the Reds, three against the Brewers, six game home stand before going on the road to the Pirates. I'm sure we'll talk again before the Pirates. So let's just look at this home stand. They got a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday versus the, uh, versus the Reds, then a Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend series against the Brewers over those six. I, I like them to go. I think they can go 4-2 and two through that set. What uh, do you think?
1: I, I was going to say 4-2, and two, but I'll say 5-1 and one because I believe they can take two out of three uh, against the Reds. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I believe they can take uh, three against the Reds, and I think they can take two out of three against the Brewers with max pitching.
0: You're big on Max. I, I hope he comes back. I, I think I think he's I think he's in line to potentially start that series on Friday. I think.
1: So. Uh yeah, I think he w- he would push for that. Uh because he'll do a simulated game on Tuesday. So really anytime after Thursday is good to go. Saturday is Corbin bobblehead day, so hopefully Patrick Corbin gets to start.
0: Did you watch any soccer this weekend? The Premier League officially kicks off match day one
1: uh no but there's a big game going on uh behind my house right now
0: yeah except rooney uh give the big the big middle finger to dc united fans well last week he's like i'm not coming back here i want to be in uh i want to be in the uk then early then later last week he signs a contract with uh, Derby county to become a player coach and then today your, your dream player coach Uh, exactly oh i mean talk about fantasy and then today decides 15 20 minutes before uh before uh, before kickoff, he's too sick to play. <laughs> so every, in DC, in DC, everybody wanted to see you know Ibrahimovic and Rooney on the same pitch and blah blah blah, and it doesn't come to fruition because Rooney's already basically he's not he's like one and a half feet out the door at this point. Well,
1: the the rumor I heard was that Mrs. Rooney wasn't a big fan of DC and wanted him to come back to the UK.
0: Yeah, I mean she was never here anyway. She was out in LA pretty much the whole time, but yeah, she she wanted him back in uh, in the UK and and frankly he signed a massive contract, you know, 100 pounds a week, uh 100,000 pounds per week uh to play and coach uh second tier uh, Derby County. I mean, that's that is big money. I mean, that that's like four times what the average uh second tier uh player makes. Like the you know how the I don't know if you know this, but like you have 20 teams in the Premier League and then 20 teams in League 1 and then 20 teams below that in League 2. The top 3 teams get promoted, the top 3 te- the, th- the bottom 3 teams from each league get relegated. Right? So Derby County was in the final last year to make the Premier League this year, this season, but they lost to uh to Aston Villa in a one game playoff. So for Rooney to sign for a second tier club at that rate, I mean it's it's crazy and there's a whole bit like now, I mean, I don't want to like – I mean, we can go into like a soccer con- uh, conversation here, Stevie, or, or just basically me talking to myself. But, uh, you yep. know, now the club that backs the the team the, – sorry, the sponsor that backs Darby County is a company called 32Bet. And Rooney's foregoing all of the jersey numbers, all the kit numbers he's ever worn to go with 32 because that's the team sponsor. And now there's this whole like collusion bit that the money's actually coming from the sponsor, not from the team. So we'll see if he actually ends up signing for them or not, but it looks like he won't be here. But, you know, leave him aside for a second and, and the unfortunate circumstances here with DC United. Not to mention nobody can actually watch any of these games because Flow TV is a disaster. I don't know if you – about. do you know about Flow Sports? I've heard of it. It's terrible. It's, it's basically like a live stream, uh, you know, hodgepodge streaming platform. So if you live in DC and want to watch DC United, you have to subscribe to something called Flow Sports. If you live in Baltimore or anywhere outside of DC – you watch DC United on uh, on ESPN plus uh, along with you know where th- where every other MLS game is right but it's you know for us here in DC who actually give it like give a damn about the team and want to watch it we can't and no one's going to subscribe to flow sports and on top of that you know they've i think in 12 broadcasts so far they've uh, four of them have gone completely black and the other eight have uh, sustained at least uh, a si- what they call significant blackout periods like uh, 3 to 4 minutes of just you can't there's nothing on the screen. It's terrible, it's terrible. But the Premier League did kick off. Uh, I just that was my initial question. Did you? I mean, can you name three Premier League nope. teams? Oh
1: come on, Joe.
0: Give me three. Come on, you can do three. Can you do English five? Premier League? English Premier League. Give me five. Come, come on. on, channel Man, your inner FIFA. Give me I, five. Of
1: course I can. Is what I'm saying. Okay, let's Man, go seven. U, Man U, Man City. Man
0: City. Two.
1: Um, just give me a second. Uh, Liverpool, Tottenham, Three, four, Arsenal, five, Chelsea, six, and um, uh,
0: don't don't don't. don't, don't. I just gave you one. You weren't even listening.
1: I wasn't listening. Um, it's not Atletico Madrid or Barcelona.
0: <laughs> Correct. Uh, it's not those. Give me one more, Steve. Come on. The fans. The I believe in you. You can you can come up with one more. Aston Villa. Boom! There you go. That's seven. That's great. <laughs> that's great. You named seven out of twenty teams. That, that's I was impressive. gonna say Aston Martin. It was. It's not Aston Martin, but I guarantee you'll never forget Aston Villa again. Aston Villa, by the way, got relegated like four years ago from the top flight. It was the first time in their history. Just think about that. Hundred eight years they've been playing top flight, and they got they got bumped to the lower uh, lower tier. But um, I, I know you don't get into soccer much. Nope. The EPL is phenomenal. It it really is. I mean, Manchester it's, United. It's it, it's an acquired taste. I think uh, to me, it's it's a lot like baseball. Like when you sure. when it, when it bites you, uh, like when you when you really get into it, there's just nothing like it. There's and
1: I like I, I uh, my own plug is that it it's a stark difference from MLS. You can tell the difference when you're watching.
0: Oh yeah, come on! There's no comp- there's no comparison whatsoever. It'd be the equivalent of uh, the Nationals playing. Against the Mets, and then you and I going to play in, in like some, uh, like you know, uh, Fairfax Church League against some some people from New York. It's just uh, there's no comparison. The quality, the the fans, the atmosphere. Our boy Pat was actually uh, he took his family to um, to see the Tune play the, uh, which is the the that's the uh, nickname for uh, Newcastle United, uh, which is the closest team to Pat actually, who lives in like freaking almost Scotland, England. But he, uh, yeah, he went to see them uh, take on Arsenal. That you know, I was, I was happy for the Arsenal, you know, for the Gunners to get that three points. But uh, shout out to Pat in Birmingham. We love that guy. It's not in Birmingham. I just said he was in Coventry. He's still not listening to me? He's in Coventry. Damn. Come on, he's been there for like he's lived there for what, ten years now, eleven years.
1: Well, wherever he is, I miss that guy.
0: I miss that guy too. You know, and Mark keeps talking about a uh, a boys' trip. To potentially go see a, a you know an EPL game live in London and then go to one of the NFL games like just make it one crazy weekend, uh, go see him you know see uh yeah. see soccer a, on Saturday let's and football do on Sunday. it
1: on our fortieth birthdays.
0: Oh, you but fine, one hundred percent. I'm I'm totally in, I'm totally in. Hopefully, Mark will pay for it too, but uh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Any final thoughts, Stevie? Uh, nope. Uh, no Trump to- news. No AOC oh, breaking news?
1: Please. Kidding me, jump I'm waiting for you to break news saying you're not going to support him.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't see an alternative except the Yang gank, but the, I don't I don't see him hey. being a, uh, a viable option. He's picking up steam, though. So what's he, 15 out of 20 now? 14 out of 20? You
1: know, it's still early.
0: It is. It's, it's too still early. early. It's, t- it's too early. I agree. By the way, if you were if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, Stevie, did you you watched Fire Festival, right? Yep. Check out a, a documentary called uh, The Great Hack or The Hack.
1: Uh, Joe, I watched it. Cambridge Analytica. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm all That's over it. It's
1: so funny. We didn't talk about it as I have always heard of the the, the the Cambridge Analytica thing. I never really understood it. Didn't even realize which side was, was really targeted with it. And it is a fascinating documentary.
0: Let's 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 do a breakdown of that on the next one. And okay, let me give you a second one too. The family. Did you check out the family? No. Okay, must watch. Well,
1: if we're gonna do a breakdown of the Great Hat, can we get uh that that woman on?
0: I'm, uh, sure. I'm, I'm never She's opposed. She's
1: sitting in some pool in Thailand. Let's, let's hit her. Up.
0: <laughs> okay, track her down, and then I'll, I'll I'm happy. Get a number, She's, and I'm happy.
1: She probably can hear this conversation.
0: Well, I hope she, I hope she subscribes to the podcast. I think we, we put out some fantastic material, if I may say so. We got to do a fantasy show, by the way, coming up. We have a fantasy draft t minus uh, three weeks, so uh, there, maybe, there
1: should be a live show at the fantasy draft.
0: But that might distract us from making picks, and I, I just feel like this is my season. This is my year. I hope I need it to be my Probably year. Probably not. I need to win this. Probably team. not. Probably not. Thanks for making time, Stevie. My name is Joe. This is Defeating the Curse, the podcast that covers all D.C. sports, Nationals, Redskins, Wizards, Capitals, sometimes D.C. United, always Trump, and sometimes some random things like Netflix documentaries. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we are out.